This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This week I got to talk to Bradley Brothers about the olden days of wrestling, some comparisons to all elite wrestling, and the current state of Pittsburgh and West Virginia independent wrestling. Whether it's then, now, or forever, this is Occupy Pro Wrestling. Hello and welcome to Occupy Pro Wrestling, the podcast with more comebacks from retirement than Terry Funk. I'm your host, Alex Miley, and boy howdy do I have a show for you this week. Later on you'll be hearing my chat with Bradley Brothers as we discuss his time watching wrestling on Saturday mornings, along with why they call him Heel Bradley, and his apparent rivalry of sorts with Chris LaRusso. Uh, This is my first interview in several months. And I'm very happy with how it turned out. And quite frankly, I'm just really happy to be podcasting again. Uh, I've been dealing with some personal issues, but things have kind of settled down. I'm very thankful to be talking about wrestling with you guys again. There is, of course, only one way to make sure that this podcast is up and running, and that's to make sure we get our plugs in first. The central hub for all things Occupy Pro Wrestling can be found at our website at OccupyProWrestling.com. There you'll find the latest articles from our site partners, along with some new media like Flashback Friday and The Bright Side of Wrestling coming soon. If you like what you hear from this and previous episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Occupy Pro Wrestling podcast over at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever you may be listening to your favorite podcasts. You can also check us out on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and much more at Power the Number Two The Smarks. And if you really like what's going on, you can support us financially. You can purchase merch over at whatamaneuver.net under Occupy Pro Wrestling or at our merch shop at shop.occupyprowrestling.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash occupyprowrestling. Be like our friends at the Wrestling Mayhem Show and support us for a dollar or more per month and get some awesome bonuses. And with that, it's time for the return of an old friend. It's time for the Partner Spotlight. First and foremost, I'd like to give a big welcome to the newest Occupy Pro Wrestling site partner at ESPN Sports Sims. This is the home of the HIFL run by my buddy Talon, among with some other really awesome sports simulation games. Be sure to check all of it out in a great community over at ESPNSportsSims.net. Our friends at 80s Mania Wrestling have their third iteration, 80s Mania Wrestling Returns, available now at the Apple App and Google Play stores, so be sure to give it a look. Coming later this year, Modern Mania Wrestling. My buddy Sean has had some recent videos up on his Facebook page, whether it's interviews with wrestlers or just reviews in general. Be sure to check all that out at his Facebook page at Deshaun's Two Cents on Facebook. Our friends at the Indie Corner are still going strong with reviews and news on the latest in indie wrestling and much more. 
Be sure to check that out and their podcast at theindiecorner.com. The MFX podcast has grown tremendously since the last time this podcast was on air, growing to include a second podcast known as 3PB. Be sure to check that out and all the rest of MFX podcasts at mfxpodcast.com. Old School Wrestling is currently in a state of transition as we move on from Volume 1, which ended with The Ring of Dreams 2019, to a new beginning with Volume 2. Be sure to check out weareosw.com for more details as they're made available as we begin our build towards the first show of the new volume, Lambs to the Slaughter. Single Lake Takedown continues to go strong as they cover everything from WWE to Impact to Indie Wrestling and much more. Be sure to check them out at sltdwrestling.com. What a Maneuver continues to put out great high quality merch such as the latest from Stokely Hathaway, not to be confused with Chuck Taylor. Be sure to check that and much more out at whatamaneuver.net. Our friends at WrestleView continue to put out a continuous stream of content from new news articles to reviews and results of the latest shows to not one but two podcasts and much more. Be sure to check all of that out at WrestleView.com. And of course, you can check out all the latest from our friends at Wrestling Mayhem Show, including the latest episodes of the WMS podcast and Indie Mayhem Show over at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. With all of that out of the way, I just wanted to express how happy, how excited I am to be recording this podcast and how excited I am to be sharing my interview with Bradley Ruthers with you right now. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. Hello everyone, this is Alex Smiley. I am here at this time with a man that's well known in the Pittsburgh and West Virginia area as Heel Bradley. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm here with Bradley Ruthers. Hi Bradley, welcome to the show. Hello Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I- I'm doing okay. Are-, are you going to, like, as you have this interview, like suddenly... Tell me about uh, how much you like Omaha steaks or something. No, that's a separate. Uh, that's a separate pre-tape segment. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you pre-tape that later, and then you like interjected like you're interrupting me. Like I want to get to that story, Bradley. But first, I want to tell you about this really great cat litter. It's really good. Right. It's like speaking of Virgil, let me tell you about a great place where you can get some tables. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, I just, you know, I've, I've mentioned to people before, goal of the show is to, you know, have a nice little conversation about wrestling, you know, what got us into it and all that, so, I got a few questions that I've got down on my notes, so I'm going to start with that, so my first question for you is, what is your earliest memory of pro wrestling? That could be something you watched in person or on TV or whatever. My very first memory... My very first interaction with it was uh, when I was very young. I'm going to, and my guess is this is probably 79, if not 80. Uh, I don't think it was much later than that. I remember watching a show, and there's two things I remember specifically. One was there was a, I'm going to say it's a, it was an enhancement talent, a jobber match. And the guy 
that was beating up the other guy with all I remember was his name was Superfly. Oh. And I don't I, I what what specifically I don't remember his seeing his face. I just remember his head being this big giant ball of black hair. <laughs> And he was beating up somebody, and I'm watching that, and I'm like, okay, so that's happening. And then a guy came out who I got to think was Sergeant Slaughter. Mm. And he had a uh, – he was a Cobra Clutch Challenge. He was going to give whatever amount of money to whomever could break the Cobra Clutch. And one of the announcers took up the challenge. Okay. And so he goes in the ring, and – I'm, who I'm presuming is Sergeant Slaughter, mm. puts him in the Cobra Clutch, and it goes on for a long time. There's a big brouhaha. Other people are going in there. I remember the announcer was in it. Was start, there was For whatever reason, he's bleeding because of the Cobra Clutch. I don't know where that mm. happened. I'm watching all of this. And my dad comes in a room and I point at that and they're like, Dad, look at all that. Dad's like, it's all fake. Oh no. And that's that's the that's my earliest memory. I didn't think anything else of it for many, many years. And I'd say when I first really started watching was gonna I'm gonna say it was the fall of eighty-five. And I still watched cartoons. Uh you know, when Saturday morning cartoons were going on. And I was I was getting frustrated because on one of our Pittsburgh channels, once it got to be twelve o'clock, cartoons were over. You're watching wrestling now, and I'm like, I don't want to watch. I'm a little cart. Okay, you know what? All right, I'll, I'll give it a chance. <laughs> I'll watch the wrestling. And it was uh, NWA Worldwide Wrestling, and I started really watching it, and I started really getting into it. This was about the time. I mean, one of the first incidents, big incidents I remember was watching the clip of when Rick Rick Flair had defeated Nikita Koloff. Ivan comes in, Dusty tries to get in their way, and Rick Flair had been warning Dusty to stop getting in my business. And then the Andersons come in and they break Dusty's leg, and that's the formation of the four horsemen. Wow, that's awesome. That that's like one of the first <laughs> vivid memories of a huge wrestling thing happening. And then from there, yeah, you started watching World Class, started watching WWF and other indies in the that they showed and stuff like that. Man, that's great. That's that's awesome. See, I liked what you I especially like what you said about like after because it was after the cartoons the wrestling would be on. That made me think of uh I think it was just a few months when they had the Saturday morning slam on the CW during that part mm-hmm. of the trip. And I'm like, that would be kind of cool to have something like that again, you know? Well, um, <laughs> they they tried it for a while, and uh, the the first off, I don't think anybody has Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Yeah, that that was that was like the very tail end of the history. Yeah. Of- of the cartoon era. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I remember someone pointed out, like I think it was like Sonic X on Fox kids was like one of the last cartoons to be on Saturday mornings. And then when they cancel that, it's all been, I think it's all replaced. It's all been replaced by either the educational 
live action shows on some of the networks or just nothing of any real significance news yeah news but uh yeah so, yeah because yeah the, the cartoons is what i remember as a kid for sure but i remember just the fact that they kind of they kind of did that formula what kind of how you mentioned of having the wrestling in that time slot in a modern age and it was fun while it lasted That's well really it's cool. a it, it's i guess it's a transition from okay cartoons Let's get something just a little bit more intellectual, and then we can go into actual sports. So what's what do we put in the between? We'll put the wrestling there. We'll put the wrestling. There. <laughs> yeah. Still, that and, and that's really cool that your early, like your earlier stuff that you remember is stuff like the formation of the four horsemen because, you know, like for me that's just like a big moment in history of of wrestling is stuff like that. I was uh in a question and answer session with Matt Stryker and I remember the smile on his face when I mentioned that that was my one of my earliest memories nice it's really cool <laughs> sometimes when you talk to a wrestler and you talk about some of your some early memories not recent stuff you know not DX things I remember getting a smile from Chance Prophet because I was mentioning to him one of my early favorite wrestling matches was actually uh, Barry Windham, it was the, uh, they had a U.S. title tournament, and the finals were, the show was all around the finals. It was a one-hour show with the, the old world championship wrestling when it was not WCW, it was NWA. And the match was Ronnie Garvin and Barry Windham versus the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Nice. And the ending sequence was just, you know, watch that the end, just the end of that match sometime. And it was it's choreographed so well, um, you know. Ronnie Garvin is chasing Jimmy Gar Jimmy uh, Cornette around the ring, while the Barry Windham tries to do this and that, and they coordinated to the Midnight Express winning. And that was one of my favorite uh, sequences I've ever I I saw. It, there was no there was no flips or anything. It was just choreographed and put together so well. The Midnight Express accidentally won the match. It was great. <laughs> and I remember Chance telling that, talking about Jimmy Cornette being chased by Ronnie Garvin, and I, I remember the smile on Chance Prophet's face when he's when I was told was telling him about that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was thinking about that because like the old NWA and like the stuff how how NWA was running in those days. I keep my mind keeps going back to stuff like when they had the Great American Bash as like a tour of shows instead of just one. You know, yeah, that, like, and that was a great, that was a great idea for a promotion because yeah. you kind of felt like you were going to the pay per view, but it, the tour was just a, more house shows. That's really all it was. Right. Like the closest thing you have to that now is like when WWE has certain themed live events, like the Road to WrestleMania tour is like you know a bunch of random random shows before WrestleMania time. Yeah, which. I don't even, maybe I just don't pay as much attention to the live event calendar anymore, but I used to notice stuff like that, especially because, like, I want to say three years ago, around President's Day weekend, they actually had a Road to, Res a road to WrestleMania tour live event uh, in Long Beach, and I remember being kind of unfortunate because I was, I was working up in the mountains at a camp at the time, and I couldn't get that weekend oh. off because it was a holiday. I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just a point of like, you know, 
But yeah, just the idea of like, and I think it was, and it's like almost more to the point of like how NWA pr- promoted those because they promoted them as each one was kind of a, a big deal on the tour, you know. They did, like, and just uh, like oh, you know, th- uh, sorry, I was just like like. Because WWE's thing is like they always like to promote the brand, like come see the WWE experience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, especially at that time, uh, WWE was the it, it truly was WWE was entertainment and NWA was wrestling. Right. I mean, you, you watch WWE and the the characters were a bit more cartoonish. They weren't quite at the point yet where you know, what profession do we have a pro wrestler for yet? Do we have one that's a garbage man? No. Okay, let's get a garbage man out there. Uh, and NWA still was uh, played itself as a wrestling organization. And you had guys like Ronnie Garvin that had personality. They didn't come out to any entrance music. And they didn't have some gimmick where they wore something or they had face paint. They just went out there. Right. You know, so, right. so there was a lot more of that at NWA. I mean, Magnum TA didn't have that much of a gimmick to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just a good wrestler that had a bit of a personality that you can you could delineate from some other people. Tully Blanchard didn't have that much of a gimmick to him. He had a personality to, to wrestle and he knew how to p- make people angry, you know. So yeah. it wasn't so much like you go to WWF. And you had a bit more, okay, there's the junkyard dog. Uh, Randy Savage had a bit more flamboyancy to him. Uh, you know, sort of like that type, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's great. Yeah, that, um, it's just, and it's kind of funny to be talking about that, like, in, in this day and age, too. Like, with, you know, the 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 debut of All, all Elite Wrestling and, what they what they're oh, saying yeah. you know the, their whole point is that it is an alternative you know it's like and a lot of people co- kind of complain about like oh you can't compete with wwe and it seems like aew's uh kind of method of competing is just by being an alternative you know and so it's just kind of cool to kind of see something like that happening again because it's like even when even when we had the monday night wars i was so young that i didn't like I didn't get into wrestling until after the Attitude Era had basically ended already. Okay. Know? So just like for for my perspective, it was like I started watching wrestling. Like I started watching WWE in particular, kind of the end of like regularly watching it. The end of two thousand. My first pay per view was Armageddon, the one with the six man Hell in a Cell. Okay. But, uh, like before that, I think I saw like a segment here and a segment there kind of deal. Because I distinctly remember like my parents would occasionally tune to Monday Night Raw as they're flipping channels or whatever. So I got to see like the Mankind Rock This Is Your Life segment on TV okay. when it happened. I remember that. But it was, yeah. just it was like those singular moments that just kind of happened as we were watching. But I didn't really get into it till late 2000. And by then, you know, Attitude Era was basically on its way out and you know, WCW ended, so the whole Monday Night War was like beef. That whole section was just before my time, so to speak. So it's just like I, the, 
you know, so it's like now we're seeing something different with that, where it's like, yeah, you know, like AEW's not. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether to say AEW's not trying to be WCW because there's certain things, you know, there's just certain like little things and maybe not so little things where it feels a little like WCW. But well, it's, it's hard not way. to look at it like that because uh, you, when you think of a in historically, you know, over the last thirty years, what was the biggest uh, competitor to, to WWE WWF? It was NWA WCW. Right. So it's hard not to compare somebody that's really rivaling them to NWA WCW. For sure. Uh, uh, one thing I want to quickly interject. Um, when I was watching some of the, th- there would be a, uh, a few independent shows that would be on some of the Pittsburgh channels. I remember one that was on there. It might have been, I forget what regional area that used to play some uh, independent wrestling. I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I specifically remember seeing one that had Cactus Jack on it. Oh, nice. And this was way before before he was at uh, WCW or any of that. Right. So I remember seeing that. I'm sure some of the local fans were probably at the place. Right. When, uh, you know, as far as indie wrestling, and we'll talk about me with indie wrestling. Oh, yeah. I've really only been good going to indie shows for about five and a half years. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, it's it's funny you were mentioning like the 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 local Pittsburgh show and having Cactus Jack before WCW and all, like because that's that was actually going to be my next thing was like because like I said at the top of this, you know, you're kind of you're kind of known among people for being in the Pittsburgh and West Virginia area at the at the indie shows. So I was going to ask you like you so you said you've been going to indie shows for only about five years. So I guess I'm curious as to what. What got you started on indie wrestling then? Um, I didn't really, for most of the time, that, that the decades or so that I was into watching wrestling, I didn't even think about, I didn't even think about whether the indies existed. I didn't even, I didn't think about it at all. And uh, I remember seeing um, one of the, websites like the i think it was pw torch was showing something that says oh by the way here's an old match between daniel bryan brian danielson and john moxley Hmm. and i remember watching that it was clearly in a high school gymnasium and i remember watching that thinking now wait a minute you mean i could go someplace and watch some of these wrestlers before they make it big and it got my curiosity going a little bit. And I had I had had a trip to Niagara Falls, and I was enjoying my trip. And I was down to the last day, and I wasn't sure I was going to do that night. And I specifically remember seeing a flyer on a barber shop, mm-hmm. and the flyer said, you know, uh, wrestling and uh, oh, if I could re- neo. Neo Wrestling Federation. Okay. And uh, it advertised that. And I thought to myself, I'll go. It'll be stupid. <laughs> It'll be dumb. Uh, but I'll go and I'll have fun. Whatever. 
Uh, well, just to show you how dumb this place is, their champion was Tyson Dukes. So, you know, you can't be too stupid if you got Tyson Dukes on your show. Right, right. Um, is there any, I don't think there's anybody else. Oh, Cody Deaner was on that show. That sounds like the name sounds familiar. Uh, Cody Deaner, uh, he was on TNA very shortly as ODB's boyfriend. Oh, I think I remember that actually. And right now on Impact, Cody Deaner is on in a tag team with a guy that's being named Josh Dean Josh Dean Deaner. Oh, okay. But uh, he's he's known as uh or Joe Deaner or something. I think he's known as Joe something on the Indies. The idea is that they're kind of they're almost forcing a Deaner brothers. They're they're it's a Deaner cousins thing. Deaner cousins. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So I went to the show. And it was a tournament. They were having a tournament to decide who was going to face Tyson Dukes for the title. And the final, the final match of that was Cody Deaner versus the, the Lord of the Bling, Tiberius King. Huh. And it was a phenomenal match. It was a great match. And I, I, was, I was flabbergasted. And I wanted more. So when I got home from the trip, I started uh, going online and looking at what uh, organizations were near me. And I started going to some shows and going some more and more. And I'd say within about five or six months, I'm where I am now, where I could go to anywhere between two to four shows a month. Right. Right. That's cool. The only problem with that is I've got wrestlers that threaten me regularly, and, and uh, that that makes it tough, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, prob- probably one of the ones that threatened me the most is Chris Larusso. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. I was gonna so because like I okay. said, um, you know, because so, you've 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 been so well known that you've started to be given this sort of nickname and you've been given the nickname of heel Bradley, at least from what I've heard. This is mainly off of previous mayhem show episodes. So I'm trying to get an idea of where did this nickname come from? Why, why are you being called heel Bradley? And what does Chris LaRusso have against you? <laughs> well, uh, we'll, we'll apply the first question first. The, the okay. name heel Bradley was given to be by a, a friend of mine named Ken smell. Okay. Um, and I think he did it because, um, he got it in his head that there was two different versions of me. Uh, one version is just a regular Bradley that, uh, deals that, that, you know, just friendly with people and nice with people and everything, everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if, if you're with me, really close friends, like I won't, I hardly will even curse. I'm not a guy that curses a lot. Um, my attitude towards it is if you if I say damn that that and damn damn and a damn and damn and a damn and damn and it loses its its puncture. It right. loses its punctuation. Yeah. 
So I don't really curse too much. And then if I'm with my friends and, and we're close enough and I do start to curse, it's like, Bradley, you just said, damn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's not that's not Bradley. That's heel Bradley. Uh, OK. So that's where the name came from. And uh, he called me that. And then more and more people called me that. And it, it, it the nickname stuck. <laughs> now, Chris LaRusso. Uh, the problems with Chris LaRusso probably started early on when, uh, I was at a show and I saw Chris and I like to try to think of, of chance and things for people. And when I saw Chris, it was that, this was at a black diamond wrestling show. Now behind me are three people, uh, Nick Griffin, Tim, Napolitan and oh I can't remember the third gentleman he's a really nice guy and I can't remember his name right now I I eventually would get to know all three of these guys but they're razzing on the wrestlers and I'm razzing on the wrestlers and we don't know each other yet and I see Chris LaRusso and I I, I don't want to waste my whole time trying to think of something to say I'll go and but I look at Chris and I'm like you know he looks a little bit like the Miz oh no all right, so what can I say? What can I do here? Can I do a poor man's Miz or something? And I think of it. And I turn to the three guys and my, hey, guys, discount Miz. And, and then suddenly the, three, the four of us start chanting, discount Miz, discount Miz. Um, Alex, that chant caught on like wildfire for about a year and a half. It got to the point where... I wouldn't have to start the chant. <laughs> Chris Lewis would be out there, and I'd hear other people going, discount Miz, discount Miz. <laughs> um, and uh, the two stories I'll give you with that. One is, um, remind me, who are the American Wolves? Do you remember? That would be, I want to say that's uh, Davy Richards. And Davy Richards, thank you. Uh, Kyle he O'Reilly? had a uh, it might have. No, I don't think it was Kyle O'Reilly, but you got the name. I was trying to remember. Oh, Davy okay. Richards. Okay. Because I remember Crystal they... had a great match with Davy Richards, and we're chanting "Discount Miz," and suddenly in the middle of the match, oh, Davy Richards was soaking this up. He loved Discount Miz. He was getting into it. He was getting everybody into it. And at one point in the match, Chris Russo gets uh, Davey into a, a full Nelson and yells out, discount who? And he does a uh, skull-crushing finale on Davey Richards. <laughs> and uh, my other story, my favorite story, is where I'm at a Vicious Outcast wrestling event in West Virginia. And beside me is a father and son. The son all of maybe seven or eight, just the nicest little boy you could ever talk to. And I'm having fun with them and I'm pointing and we're looking at the flyer for the next show. And I'm goofing around and I say, Oh, that that's uh that's ninja guy. Oh, that guy, that, that guy's a big hairy guy, you know, and everything. <laughs> and he points at Chris LaRusso and he <laughs> says something. And, and I see Chris LaRusso over just a little bit over and I say, Hey Chris, come here for a second. <laughs> and Chris is Chris is all grumpy coming over. Yeah, what? What do you want? What do you want? 
And I, t- I go to, to the child, I say, I want you to tell Chris what you just told me when you looked at that picture. And the little kid looks up at Chris and goes, you look like the Miz. <laughs> and, uh, and Chris goes, I'm, I'm going to throw you when I come out there. I'm going to make an example out of you. <laughs> Wait, did he tell you? He, told, he said he was telling you he would throw you? Or? He told the kid. He was threatening the kid. Oh, that's great. See, cause that's something that Jordan Grace has been doing lately, throwing people. She has been. She yeah. has been. I've gotten to see her a couple times on the indies. Uh, great, great performer. Great performer. Yeah. But by, by the way, I just remembered. So I just remembered who the other American Wolf was. It was Eddie Edwards. As and I remember that's that right. now because for two reasons. One, because I remembered that the other one, the other American Wolf, was either WWE or Impact. Because Davy Richards is basically not doing much of anything right now that I know of, but Eddie no. Edwards, who last I knew was still with Impact. The other reason I remember that now is because they briefly were in NXT as the American Pitbulls. Oh, okay. I I remember that because that was one of those things, kind of like when they change. You know, when certain people come into WWE, they start out in NXT and they give them some random name, you know. Like it started yeah. with Daniel Bryan, and it got to a point where you had like Caval for Loki, stuff like that. <laughs> or, and, or when Samoa Joe went on, and they all cl- they called him Joey Samoe. Joey Samoe. Yeah. I heard some they make that joke. Yeah, I've, I've, I've yeah. There's been, that's a, you know, on a on a slight side note, it's like that's kind of crazy. Like it's interesting to me now that we're at a place where very rarely. Does a NXT signee actually have to be given a new name upon joining? Although it's usually, I think it's usually based on how big a deal they are. Because you have the people that get announced via like Twitter, like when Stokely, Stokely Hathaway signed. Like he has his name changed. He's like Court Moore or something like that, I think. You know, stuff like well, that. I'll bet they'll get back to that. Uh, and I'm just, I don't know, but. Um, I would bet they would get back to that because they don't want someone coming in. I mean, that was uh, to me uh, uh, one of the reasons for the name change is because if they're going to build you up into somebody big, they're going to build you up under their name, not yeah. your name. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, you know, so, it's, you know, to some degree, it's the copyright, and also, like you said, you know, they're building you up to be something based on how they want it to be done or whatever. And I was, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, because now you have like quite a few of the bigger names that get signed and they wrestle under those names, like the names that they have. Like Kushida, you know, the most recent, one of the most recent guys who just started on NXT television. He's wrestling under Kushida, you know? Yeah. Just stuff like that. It's like, okay, this isn't like, and so like when, so for example, when Shinsuke Nakamura actually signed with NXT. And there was a big media hype about him arriving to America, going to the Performance Center. And I remember I kept wondering when they were going to give him, like, a different name. And they never did. You know, he's just Shinsuke. And, you know, he's been on the main roster since. And I think I want to say one of the last big one of the last big signings they had that I can recall that actually they changed the name upon his arrival was when Prince Devitt got signed. Mm-hmm. And they change it to Finn Balor. And to be fair, you know, you almost I like for me, it's like I almost had to remember that he was Prince Devitt before he went to NXT. You know, right? Like by now, Finn Balor, 
you know, between his NXT run and the stuff he's been doing on the main roster, you know, it's like that's the name that sticks now, and that's a WWE name, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just stuff like that. It's like between him, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, those big names that got like changed or at least tweaked, you know. And then you have some of the bigger names that arrive in NXT. But anyways, yeah. So, was, but yeah, going back to the point, so I don't ramble on too long. Like, yeah, that was the other American Wolf was Eddie Edwards. But yeah, so that's that's interesting. Okay. But yeah, so I was just like, okay, so so your issue, so the issue between you and Chris Luzzo is that he looks like the Miz, which that really that I, was the start of things. Um, I I'd say these t- days he doesn't look quite so much as the Miz, but uh, he's uh. But uh, we still have our issues. He's he's saying that the day that he wins the IWC Heavyweight Championship, he will come out and super kick me in the head. <laughs> he's pro- he's promising me that he's going to do that. Well, he he's promising me he's going to take me out. I mean, there's there you can find. Um, on my timeline, uh, you know, promos that he did just for me, telling me that he's going to take me out. And uh, I've had at least once or twice have him come up right in behind me, wrap his arms around my neck, telling me, this is it, this is the end. (laughs) Just just to let me go as I'm quivering. Man, wrestling at these shows is very much a very tight knit community, I'd say. <laughs> uh, very much so, I'd say. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I've I've made a mental note to go back and watch some of these things happen over on indiewrestling.us and mm-hmm. the indiewrestling.us network at indiewrestling.network. See what I did there? Absolutely. That well, I, I'm That's, on that network, a, and uh, yeah. I, I I like watching uh, some of the shows that I don't get to. And uh, some of the shows I've been to that I saw matches I really like, and I go back to it to see that match again. Um, I I will go. I'll, I definitely want to go back to see um, what was the, the Tony Johnson Lee Moriarty at right, Last right. Rise. Okay. Uh, That's Rise with a, a Y. As Rise with a Y. That very <laughs> thank you. Um, very good events. A very good uh, match between those two. Uh, if you've heard people, if there's any name that you might want to remember, Lee Moriarty is, uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I've told people at the beginning, as you go in and you see these wrestlers and you don't really think too much of it, you immediately think, oh, there's about like 10, 20 guys here that are going to make it huge someday. And then when you see them and they're very good, and they're very entertaining. And then you see AJ Styles come in. And you see a match with AJ Styles. And you see just what, how high of a level. You get to appreciate even more how good you have to be to get to that level. Yeah. And at that point, when I look at the people around here, I think there are a lot of really good wrestlers around here. I think there are only maybe two or three that could get really huge someday. And one of those two or three around here right now is Lee Moriarty. And if you talk to some of the wrestlers and you say, some people are saying Lee Moriarty is the guy that's going to make it huge someday. 
they'll they're gonna say yeah I'd agree probably that he's gonna he's gonna go to Japan or something for sure for sure yeah yeah that's awesome you know um yeah because I've been kind of reading up on that trying to watch the stuff on the social media as much as possible so that's really you know it's you know I think it's one of those things where it's like you know it's like there's the there's that difference between going to see pro wrestling live, you know, like you go to an indie show and go watch that versus like, you know, the experience of watching it on, you know, whatever media device you have, you know, there's, there's well, I would, I would go further and say there's a huge difference between being front row at an indie show and being in section B4 seat 35 at a WWE show where you're about 50 100 feet away from the ring. Yeah. I um there's sure. there's a That's, huge difference there. Yeah, I I agree with you. I've I've had both of those, yeah. Um yeah, cuz uh Sorg and I had gone to the Rise with an Eye wrestling event in excuse me, in Southgate like a week or two ago and we were well we were basically front row we kind of got shuffled around a little bit because of seating but we were like second row and that was that was really good i've been in front row in indie shows i've been at like the smallest indie show i was ever at was like my earliest ones and there was only like like two rows of of bleachers kind of surrounding three walls of the room so you know it's like i've been to shows yeah, like you said, you know, it's a it's a much more intimate at- atmosphere when you go to those shows, and then you go to a WWE show, and unless you are like crazy rich or at least able to get a hold of floor seating, then you're stuck up in the nosebleeds, so to speak. Yeah, I've I've like the closest to the ring I've been for a WWE show was like I want to say halfway down from the nosebleeds, like. Or halfway up from the floor seating, I've been to like a couple raws, and those are fun too. But yeah, like you said, you know, at from even from that seating, you're way, you're pretty far from the ring, and it's like, you know, at that point, it's like you are almost exclusively there for the experience of WWE, kind of like I was mentioning before about the live events. Whereas at an indie show, you get to enjoy the experience of the indie show, but also like the different stars that are trying to make a name for their for themselves. There was an early WWF event that uh, I was second row. Oh, nice. I got, I got in early enough to get second row. This was at the head of the Bret Hart-Owen Hart feud. Oh. So uh, the main event was Bret Hart with British Bulldog in his corner versus Owen Hart with Jim Neidhart in his corner. Nice. So I remember that uh, at that time, Lex Luger had a feud with uh, a a newly turned heel crush. This was face-painted crush before he went to demolition. Uh, I remember getting a double high-five from Lex Luger that night. Right, right. uh, And I had pictures. I was trying to get pictures, and I lost all the pictures I had. Um, But um, that's no big deal. Yeah. But uh, that that was the closest I was. Uh, I, I had gone to uh, some WWF events, some NWA events. But as I do these indies, I I would say I am front row something like 
98% of the time, mm-hmm. I'm usually front row. Uh, I like the interaction. Um, some of these guys need to be yelled at, so I'll yell at them. Uh, so uh, I, I, I usually get front row. And in, in these, uh, especially the ones that aren't huge, um, it's relatively easy to be front row. All you have to do is be early. Right, right. You We're- know, I would imagine something like PWG, uh, it would be pretty tough. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for Rise with a Y or Black Diamond, you know, if you get a hold of the promoter and say, hey, can you reserve a seat for me? Or IWC, if you buy your ticket early enough, you can get front row. It's oh, not too sure. easy. I mean, it's not too hard. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm usually front row. I'm usually uh, interacting with uh, the good guys and telling the bad guys they're awful people. As you do, as you do. Yeah, see, it's funny you mentioned PWG because I've been to, like, I think I've been to, a, I'm trying to think, I've been to a total of four PWG shows, like, ever. And that was since, mm-hmm. like, my first two were in 2012. I went to the one in the during the Wrestle Reunion convention. That's the one, like I said, that was when I met Virgil during intermission. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, and then like later that year, I went to the American Legion Hall where they do their where they where they used to do their usual shows in Reseda. Uh, that was a very different experience, but like I had that that one was interesting because I got I get like you said I got there early and was able to get a general admission seat, and I ended up being in the second row, which was really good. But what was really okay. funny about that was that it was one of the last shows where they had tickets available at the door. Shortly after yeah. that, they stopped doing, like, I want to say with less than a year after that show took place, they were restricting tickets to just whatever they had online. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be fair, that's that's their business model. They know that they're going to sell out fairly quick. And they are still selling out fairly quick. So, you know, it's whatever works. for. That's kind of like the fact that they don't uh, they don't do any live streaming or iPay-per-view type shows. They always have done, you know, they tape their shows for DVD, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, the, the on the flip side of that, the most recent shows I'd been to, I went to one of the last ones at the Reseda at the American Legion Hall, because they stopped. As of right now, they've stopped doing it there because other people own that building now. So, oh. yeah, so there was a, the, the rumor was that they were going to, whoever owned it was actually just going to tear it down. I don't know what the status is on that anymore. I just okay. know that they finally moved to the Globe Theater in Los Angeles. A bigger venue holds more people, way different seating arrangements. Hmm. One of those, uh, but I got to go to, oh, I want to say, I went, oh, that was the thing. I got to go to a Battle of Los Angeles for the very first time, like night one of their tournament. And that was a lot of fun. And I was really happy to get to go to that. And it was a very different atmosphere even from the Reseda show. Because it was a little bit of a bigger venue, so different seating arrangement. But yeah, same basic principle where it's like you had to buy your tickets online. Whereas, like you said, with the, the smaller indie shows, like Rise with a Y, you have to go, you know, you go yeah. early to get a good seat. 
Did did anybody tell you that Rise with a Y is basically run out of what used to be a movie theater? I think I've heard that before. Because I know I've heard... I think... Yeah, I think I might have heard that before. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, I, Sorg might have mentioned that before. Because I know there's been other events... Like, other promotions used to run out of other weird locations. Like, there was, like, one promotion that ran a single show out of, like, what used to be a mall. Or maybe a couple shows out of what used to be a mall, and then that closed. Oh, that's... Yeah, I, um, when the Century 3 mall, which, uh, if you go on one of those dead mall uh, YouTube uh, channels, uh-huh. they'll go to that one, because that one's dead. And I know there was a couple promotions that were running out of that, because... You know what else were they doing? Nobody was really selling anything in the, at the shops there. Right. So I didn't get to go to any of those, but uh, I know they ran some out of the there. Um, I've been to a couple that were at some of the area bars, where uh, I specifically remember Billy Ruxpin, who is about six foot three or something like that. Just uh, he's got he's a very playful character. He's like a big kid. And I remember getting him just getting in the ring, just looking up, reaching up, and touching the ceiling. <laughs> and and you know, we're kind of watching that, like, okay, we're not going to see too many uh, five star frog splashes at this event. Yeah, not like, if you want, don't want to be hanging from the chandelier or something. Yeah, I was going to say that with those mall shows, it's like it's either run a wrestling show or uh, shoot yet another remake of Dawn of the Dead. You know, because. Uh huh. Movie was all centered around them all. So, but yeah. So, that's cool. So I, I did want to touch on my next point here, um, because we were talking a little bit. You mentioned that Heel Bradley is kind of this other sort of persona that you've kind of gotten that nickname from, and so one of my other personas is Alex Chikarza, the uh, host of Chikara in Fifteen Minutes or Less, and the question from Alex Chikarza has to do with the fact that you recently got to go see Chikara when they went to uh, Pittsburgh for the Anniversario show. And then I was just kind of curious what, what your thoughts on with Chikara was for that. Was it like a very different experience for you, or how, how was that experience? Um, Chikara has a good niche market. Uh, I, I appreciate that, uh, number one, they have very skilled wrestlers. They have very, uh, you know, the, uh, you can see who's out there and who they bring out and see that, um, you know, they bring out very talented people. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that they also enjoy the cartoon character side of the rest of the wrestlers and bringing out strange and interesting people. I, I have all the appreciation in the world that this past weekend I got to see a wrestler that was named Still Life with Apricots and Pears. <laughs> I I fully appreciate the fact that I got to see that a wrestler with that name that weekend. For sure. Um, for sure. But uh, it was it was a different a product. I had a lot of appreciation for what they did. It was a fun show. Um, the crowd was very, a very good crowd. A very, they really respected. They were really glad to see Chikara. There was, there was some fans I don't get to see real often that came out because Chikara finally came back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, they appreciate. They knew the catchphrases and things like that. 
Um, I, I don't know the people quite as well as others, but I can tell you when Mike Quackenbush surprised everyone for a match, everybody stood up nice. and was like, oh, God. And I was like, OK, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I sort of know him a little bit. I don't know my Chikara all that well. I've seen a handful of the guys appear at uh, other events in the area. Right. Um, like I just saw Whisper at the Sean Phoenix benefit. Oh, okay. So uh, I've seen a couple of those guys before. Uh, oh, I, I just saw, I, excuse me, I saw Dasher Hatfield in a six-man at uh, the Remix Marietta event. Oh, okay. So now I, I have an issue with Dasher Hatfield because um, he was facing Andrew Palace, who is uh, one of the guys I really like. One of the guys I've followed for almost the whole time I've been watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm yelling at Dasher Hatfield, and yet Dasher's yelling back at me. <laughs> and Dasher goes in and has a great match with Andrew, but he gets his legs on the ropes to pin Andrew Palace. And, uh, and he gets the win. He rolls out right over to me, comes over to me, and puts his arm right in front of me and starts pointing at his wrist. And I know what he wants. All right, fine. And, I, and I'm and i not thrilled about it. And I'm showing I'm not thrilled about it, but I raise his damn hand just to get the guy away from him. <laughs> so, fine, Dasher. There. There you go. You get your little moment. Now get the hell away from me. <laughs> oh, that is, that is surprising on, that is surprisingly on brand for him. Because I, you know, without getting into too, into it too much, uh, the thing about Dasher is that he's become, as you've gotten to see from that match, he's become a bit of a jerk, to be quite frank. Yeah, uh, and it's, it it was a little bit shocking because this this kind of started at the beginning of like the at the season finale from last year. It was like one. It was basically the last show of the year, and almost out of the blue, he just started to become more of a jerk. Uh, he he's had some points about you know. Because that a lot of it has to do with the fact that he won, like he he became champion as like in the interim while Mister Touchdown, like his relative, his 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 step cousin in law, as he puts it, he was injured, so he uh Dasher was named as the interim grand champion, and so yeah. he defended the title like three or four times while uh Mark Angelo said he was injured. And then when Mr. Touchdown Mr. Touchdown was finally cleared to start wrestling again and this news came out at like the end of the end of last season. So like in December of last year. So he found out that he was cleared to wrestle again. And so they start they were starting to people were th- wondering, Oh, so does this mean that he get he just gets his title back? But Dasher, you know, just and to some degree there it's understandable. He felt that because he had actually defended the title in the interim while Mark was injured, that he deserved to be champion. So he didn't give it right back. Well, so You know, as we go to these things, and we have a passion for this, and we want to see good wrestling, but the problem is you have to deal with bad people. Mm-hmm. And bad people like Dasher Hatfield. Bad people like Bulk Nasty. Mm-hmm. Bad people like Jackson Argos and R.C. Dupree. 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson Argos just yells at me. R.C. Dupree specifically, he knows I'm a Ronnie Garvin fan. And he'll take a moment out of his time. Just He walks by, but he's like, suddenly stops, turns back, turns to me, smiles, and said, Ronnie, Ronnie Garvin sucks. Oh, my goodness. And then goes on his way. Wow. Jocelyn, female wrestler in this area. Mm-hmm. If I have popcorn on me, she will steal my popcorn. Oh, man. And it's like... You know, it, but you have to deal with it. Right. And right. sometimes, and sometimes these people, they get beat up by your heroes. You know, they get beat beat up by Andrew Palace or Wardlow or Lee Moriarty. You know, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my heroes will just take those people and say, you know what, I, I got to smack you around a little bit. You know, Laura Loveless is going to come out. And beat up Jocelyn, or Jinx. Jinx will beat up Jocelyn a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and that's what we're we're waiting for. That's when that's the triumph of going to the event and seeing that jerk, seeing MT OSHA, mm. a couple of guys that I just don't like, and see them get their butt handed to them. That's half the reason why I'm there. Which is actually a nice little transition to kind of my final main question. So, uh, what is your so then? What would you say is your favorite thing about pro wrestling right now? Uh, like pro wrestling in general, indie wrestling. Uh, yeah, in general or indie wrestling, whatever you, you know. Um, in the Pittsburgh area, um, I'll answer it sort of this way. Um, Marcus Mann. Who is uh, has a lot to do with Rise with a Y? Said there is so much wrestling in Pittsburgh, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> and uh, it's a it's a burden and it's a luxury. The luxury that I always try to appreciate is that there are places two hours from us that don't have anything. Or if they do something, it's not good. Right. In Pittsburgh, we've got, oh, I I bet you I could count at least seven feds in the area. Mm -hmm. And probably at least half or a little more are pretty good stuff. It's full of people that are fully trained. It's full of people that just don't want to to go out and play star. It's people that are passionate about it. But you've got a couple feds that have they're going to have untrained people. They're going to have bad looking people. They're going to have the sort of flyers that you've seen that look like they're made out of Microsoft Paint or something like that. Um, So, you know, the, the good thing is that there's just so much of it and there's so much great talent and there's just so many good people for you to meet uh, wrestlers that are just happy to see you there and you know you just go up and talk to and uh fellow fans that i'm friends with promoters referees cameramen uh at that you go there and and and, you know it's a party you're going to a party for sure and uh, and uh you know the more that you get to know all these people and 
And, you know, if you really want to enjoy the party, all you got to do is be uh, respectful and friendly. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, you, you know, you'll, you'll end up talking to a lot of people. So what's the best thing about right now in Pittsburgh? There's just so much of it. You know, I, I, I'm alter, I literally alternate my weekends between wrestling events and visits with family. So my weekends get booked on the rare occasion. I might have a free weekend. It's kind of nice, but you don't have a bunch of empty weekends that you don't know what to do with yourself, you know? Right, right. Well, uh, that that just about does it for me. I want to thank you again for for having this chat. I know uh, Sorgatron was really excited about having you be a guest on this show, and I'm very happy to, to have you on. It was a lot of fun chatting with you about kind of the old school uh, wrestling stuff and kind of looking well, sure. at the indie scene in Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Bradley Brothers for what was a great chat. I had a lot of fun talking to him, and in fact, we actually had quite a bit to talk about before and after the main interview. With his permission, I got to clip these out and post them on the Patreon page under what I'm calling Occupy Pro Wrestling XL. So if you want to hear some stories about Virgil, as well as how Bradley met Jess Flexor and introduced Lake Wrestling to the Wrestling Mayhem show, and even a story featuring Mia Yim, be sure to check out patreon.com slash Wrestling and support us for as little as a dollar a month. You'll be glad you did, I promise. And with that, we bring this episode of Occupy Pro Wrestling to a close. Thanks again to Bradley for chatting. Thanks to all of you for listening, and if you haven't already, check out OccupyProWrestling.com. Like, follow, and subscribe to us on all the different platforms you can find. And until next time, enjoy yourself some wrestling.